When you determine I'm moving to the next level, you're saying, you know what? I'm going to leave everything behind me. I'm going to take a step out of what's been comfortable. I'm going to move into what God has for me. You don't live according to what you see. You don't live according to what you feel. You live according to what the Spirit of God has placed inside of you. And so if I'm trying to get to a new level, then I have to begin to think and hear differently. I got to begin to see differently. My life as I know it has to change. Nothing's impossible with God. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you for victory today. But it won't prosper. And when the darkness falls, it won't prevail. The God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Go on, say that, my God. Yes, my God will never fail. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Come on. I'm gonna see a victory. Gonna see. I'm gonna see a victory. Yes, you are. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Yeah, we worship you today. Thank you for victory. Come on, you believe there's power today? There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant. Because I know how this story ends. Yeah. And yes, I know how this story ends. Declare it. For the belongs to you. Yeah. I'm gonna see a victory. And I'm gonna see a victory for the battle. we are you're gonna see you're gonna see a victory you are oh you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good yes you do you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Come on. You turn it for good. Let's put that out there today. You take, you take what the enemy meant for evil. Come on. And you turn it for good. 
you turn it for good. Yeah, you take, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Yes, you do. Turn it for good. Oh, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. Yes, you do. You turn it, you turn it, you turn it, you take, you take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good, you turn it for good, I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, yes you are, for the battle belongs to you Lord, I'm gonna see a when I see it by faith today, whoa, gonna see, I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord, I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs The enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You turn it. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You turn it. You turn it. You take what the enemy meant for evil. You turn it for good. You turn it for good. Just lift your hands across the building today. Father, we thank you that you're turning it for good today. God, you're a good God. And we just see that by faith today, that, uh, that, that the victory is at hand, that breakthrough is at hand today. We believe it by faith. Come on, just, just begin to thank him for your victory today. Come on, thank him for breakthrough this morning. Mm, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Come on, say that again. You take. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take. Take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You are great. You are great. 
and welcome Apostle Scott Kuhn as he comes to minister to us today. You're stepping into one of the greatest seasons of opportunity you've ever known in your history. And I know your history as a church body is, is not very long at this moment in time. But what is being uh, uh, foundation laid, what is, what is being... Uh, what's the word I need to use here, Lord? What is being instituted in this moment is something that's going to be uh, perpetual in its longevity. Uh, you know, I remember telling you when you first started, after you'd been meeting about six months, and at that point in time, I think y'all were still over in the cubby hole. <laughs> that was a wonderful place. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, God. For small beginnings. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember that so well. And, and I remember we talked, you know, off and on during those seasons and time frames. And, you know, it was tough. It was it was challenging. You know what? You're going to find out. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you got 10,000 people out there. It's still challenging. Ministry is challenging. That's because we have an enemy. It's not because of people. It's because of the enemy. However, the enemy does kind of use people. Y'all wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> but uh, uh, in, in the course of those moments, and you'd been meeting, I guess, over a year or so, months, and uh, maybe up to a year, maybe even longer than that. And I just remember telling you, and I've told you more than once, I said, you've already broken the average. The average church plant lasts six months. And they don't even, they're not even on the, on the radar any longer. How many years? Six years. Six, you, you not only went past six months, you have broken the six-year barrier. Praise God. Isn't that cool? So, so congratulations. And get ready to do more than you've ever done before. And I know there's people watching by Facebook right now and whatever avenue and venue you may may, may have available. And, and some are members of the church. I'm sure your mom's watching. Patricia, it's good to see you. Love you. Appreciate you. And uh, uh, I know there's others that are watching due to issues physically. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have any issue with that right now. But there will come a time frame where this stops and we're all under the same roof again. 
and and you're going to sense a momentum shift. Uh, now, what I, what I want to uh, minister on for a little while this morning, what are you expecting? I, I'd really wanted to minister on breakout. I'd actually studied last night a little bit on, on a word the Lord gave me in 2019 that would be for this year. Uh, I guess maybe I'll have to come back before the end of the year before we hit 2021 and preach that one. Uh, on, on breakout, uh, what what are you expecting? In, in Exodus 12, 2, this month, shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. See, what in the world are you reading that scripture for right now? Because God's given us a restart. And when God says it's January 1, it's January 1, even if it's July 19th. When God says you get a restart, you get a reboot, you get a redo. When God says, I'm, I'm letting you, I'm not changing the clock from the standpoint of going backwards with it. I'm bringing it up to the moment in time that this is your January 1. This is our January 1. What are you expecting in your new year? What are you expecting in your, in your new era of living kingdom life? So, so we, we have to get focused like that. What are we focused on? Attention. Uh, 2 Corinthians. I need to get there real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Most of y'all probably have already figured out I would be going to this scripture at some point in time. Because it is the scripture that illustrates what I'm sharing right now better than anything. Uh, in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is uh, being renewed day by day. <laughs> uh, for our, uh, I don't know what your Bible says there. For our, okay, yours says momentary. What does somebody have? Light. That's what mine says, New King James. For our light affliction. Okay, I'm going to take the time. This is the Apostle Paul writing here. Turn over to chapter 11 real quick. Let's take a look at light affliction. Uh, 11.23. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often, from the Jews five times. Everybody say five. From the Jews five times, I received 40 stripes minus one. Uh, verse 24. From the Jews five times, I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times, I was beaten with rods. That sounds like fun. Let's all have a rod beating service. Let's all line up. We're going to get a table up here, and Pastor John's going to bring the rod out, and he's going to be the first one on the table. Oh, I can't wait for this service. What an anointing we're about to get. Anybody? Oh, come on now. It's biblical. It's in the Bible. <laughs> I'll skip that service. <laughs> Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I've been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the sea, in perils in the wilderness, in perils. Oh, God. 
Does anybody hear what I'm reading right now? And we think we have it bad. This is the same guy that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 said, for our light. Everybody say light again. Now, would you in, in your wildest imagination call that light affliction? I, personally, I wouldn't. I'm thinking, dear God, I'm hoping I could still love Jesus after going through all of that. So, so why are we rolling over and playing dead? Why are we, why are we mully grubbing and just like the rest of the world's doing? Praise God. Let's live in our victory. Pull our bootstraps up, get ready to go to war, and absolutely conquer the devil who's trying to seek the church in America from fulfilling her mission. That's his design and his desire. But I've got news for him. There's more. There, uh, yeah, I like that, Lord. Oh, thank you for dropping that one on me just right there all of a sudden. There are more for us than there are against us. We're the answer. We shouldn't be part of the problem. We should be the answer. Keep reading, Scott. First, Second Corinthians. I'm going to get somewhere today, guys, before we're through. For our light affliction momentary, and what it says in the Amplified, uh, for our light momentary affliction, I'm in verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 4, which is but for a moment. I say moment. Some of us have lived long enough as I look around this room and see a little gray hair and a little less hair. <clears throat> I qualify on both sides. <laughs> Some of us have lived long enough to realize this that we're going through now is a moment. Now, granted, if we don't spawn properly in the moment, things can shift dramatically. If we respond properly in the moment, things will shift dramatically. It depends on what we do in this moment, which way this nation's going to shift. And we may think, well, we're just a small church and I'm just an individual and I don't know that many people and what kind of... I'm telling you, the influence you have in the realm of the Spirit as a child of God literally can shake the gates of hell to this very foundation and cause the enemy to begin to back up because you show up on the scene. When you begin to make, and I'm getting way ahead of myself now, when you begin to declare the Father's design instead of sitting over in the corner sucking your thumb, crying over spilt milk, and going, oh, God, please do something. Please help us. God, you're in control. God's in control through his mechanism he put on the earth, which is called us. And when we don't respond properly to the leading of our Father and how to administrate his kingdom in our moment of time, then he has to wait for another generation to come up that will do it right. But all the havoc that comes down the pipe, Israel, well, it wasn't Israel then, the Hebrews were in 400 years of enslavement to Egypt. Somebody missed something somewhere. That was not God's design for his people to be enslaved. Somebody missed a moment. And that moment cost them four centuries. So somebody in the church has to wake up so they can release a new awakening. Begin to pray these things out. 
declare these things out so that we begin to shape the atmosphere instead of the atmosphere shaping us. Let me read. For this light momentary affliction, which is but for a moment, that's where I stopped again, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, we're familiar with this verse, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. But it says we're looking. We look not to the things that are seen, but we are looking to the things that are not seen. How can you look for something you can't see? Because your eyes, your heart has eyes. Ephesians says, that where, uh, I believe it's in Ephesians 1, around verse 15, 16, somewhere in there. It says that, that, the, that, the, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. And that word understanding there is heart. In the original Greek, cardiac, cardio. That the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. So this vision is strictly tying us to the natural realm. But this vision ties us into the supernatural realm. And if we'll learn to walk by this vision, we can change what we see with this vision. You can change your life. You can change your family. You can change your block. You can change your apartment complex. You can change your city. You can change your area. You can change your state. You can change your nation. Are you hearing me today? I just what we quit looking at yourself being small. You are you are in righteousness in Christ, and He carries the scepter of righteousness. So that means you're in that scepter, and when you respond appropriately and properly to the design of heaven and how to administrate it in the earth, all of a sudden the of the king is extended. You're the scepter. And what he begins to declare is being declared through you. And his declarations begin to take shape and to create what he is saying. Let me finish this verse. For we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things that are not seen with the natural eye, but we look at them with the spiritual eye, the things that are not seen are eternal. So, so we're not looking at the things that, what are you expecting? Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 talks about what happens when the people be, begin to walk out of, uh, out of uh, vi not have vision. Without a vision, my people perish. And I, well, there's so many translations I'd like to go into that I'm not going to take time for it. One translation says where there's no prophetic vision, where there's no revelation of God. People run wild, one translation says. A nation devoid of God, people run amok. I'm quoting different translations. I'm not making words up right now. So what are we focused on? Where's our attention? Are we behind or ahead? Are we following or leading? Are we in panic or purpose? That was a phrase that the Lord actually gave me in, in March, that, those two words there. He said, people are in panic when I want them 
to be in purpose. And purpose produces potential. Uh, are we Egyptian or Hebrew? Do we live in Egypt or Goshen? Because in Egypt, all the plagues hit them. But in Goshen, nothing touched them. And when you live in God's system, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. We're getting poised for a wealth transfer that will stagger our imagination. You'll, you won't even have to mention anything about resources for the Beaumont thing. I'm not saying you don't, but it, that's the kind of wealth transfer we're about to step into. You, you won't even have to mention it. Oh, if you want to sow toward it for your benefit, go ahead and sow far toward it. But we've got enough to do 10 of them. Oh, come on now. See, we, we think the devil's the only one setting stuff up right now. God's setting things up for us to be launched into such a motion of spiritual momentum. I started to use the word activity. He said, don't use the word activity. Use the word momentum. That it's going to launch us in the place that we should have been in 10 years ago, and it's going to happen in a year or two. See, and that's what restoration is. Restoration is not just getting you uh, to where it's better than it was yesterday. It's getting you to a place that's better than it could have been even if you'd never gone through what you went through 10 years ago. And it happens like that. It's quick. It's sudden. What do you expect? That's what I expect. I expect churches that have had, had taken hits from this, I expect them to come out of this so strong, it'll, it'll just literally boggle their mind. They're going to literally go to Ephesians 3.20 and say, whoo, that was my scripture then, and I'm seeing the reality of, of it now, that he'll do far above what I can dare, dream, think, ask, or imagine. Woo! See, that's, that's the design of heaven. But, but if you're not expecting that, then you diminish the results of it because God works with our belief system and he won't force his goodness on you. He'll conjole you. He'll reach out. He'll pull. He'll send people in your path. He'll do everything he can without violating you. Ezekiel 37, I'm not going to turn there. You're very familiar with it. And I'm in the process of wrapping up here. Uh, Ezekiel 37 is the Valley of Dry Bones. And the Spirit of God asked his prophet, can these bones live? Can the golden triangle live? Well, y'all were braver than Ezekiel. Ezekiel looked at, looked, I'm saying he looked at God. He responded to the Lord. He said, Lord, you know. Because Ezekiel wasn't sure. I mean, he's looking at a valley, but bleached. We're not talking about not even skin left on these bones. It's just bleached white bones. All over the valley, can these bones live? He didn't say, can one or two of them be resurrected? He said, can all of them be resurrected? Uh, I want you to know you're stepping into a new dimension of my way where the things of the kingdom are going to be commonplace for you every single day. It won't just be every now and then that you knock on the door and come into a new view, but you're going to begin to experience from the level I'm taking you to Woo! Brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new, brand new. For you've submitted your lives to me to do it my way. 
And as a result, I'm letting you know today, <laughs> I get tickled when he has me do this one, you're going to make some hay. <laughs> and your life will be bettered because you've said yes to me. But it's, it's even more than just in the realm of the Spirit I want you to see. In every phase of your being, spirit, soul, and body, you will be blessed further than you can even dream and think. Because you've said yes to me, and you've learned how to drink. In fact, you've gone past the drinking stage, and you're starting to live in the river with me. And as you navigate my river, you're going to have revelation to see. Hallelujah. Woo! Is that a good word for you guys? Praise God. I don't even know y'all, so thank you, Jesus. Uh, where was I there for? He had me divert for a second or two. Oh, uh, dry bones, yeah. That's what got me going that direction. Dry bones. And, and what did the Lord say to Ezekiel to do? Come on. Y'all should know this one. It's prophesy. Prophesy to those bones. Mortal said son of man. That's what a mortal is, son of man. Prophesy to those bones. And he prophesied. He had to prophesy twice. Understand that one, they all came together physically. Two, the breath had to come into them. Understand that. But God did nothing until his man prophesied. We wonder why we got the mess going on. And you know want to know why? Because of Psalms 32.3 where it says, uh, uh, in fact, I need to read it. I started to just misquote it a little bit, but the Lord said, I want you to not misquote that. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning and complaining all the day long. Holding it in won't change it without. But if you say the wrong thing, you're, not, you're going to change it. It's going to get worse instead of better. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Some of y'all saw that post on Facebook. I got more hits on that post than I think anything I've ever put on there. I want to run it again and say, to give your offering, go to. <laughs> fear tolerated. Now, now, fear comes on all of us. Fear comes, but it depends on who, open, who when he knocks on the door, who answers. Is fear answering fear? Because if that's true, then fear moves in a little stronger. But if faith answers the door, when you open the door, fear won't even be there. Because fear cannot occupy the same space that faith does any more than faith will occupy the faith space that fear's in. It, it may be circling around you, but it's not in. But when we tolerate it, when we tolerate it, when we pet it a little bit, when we tolerate it a little bit, we pat it, yeah, I, I, you know, everybody's going to have a little bit of fear every now and then, and everybody's going to get scared. And find, Tell me where that's in the Bible. When we begin to align our mouth up, let, let, me, let, me, let me give you two scriptures here real quick. One's Philippians 6, and another one's Hebrews, Hebrews 
Uh, Philippians 6 says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing in Christ Jesus. How about that good? Your faith being shared becomes effective when you share God's goodness and when you believe God's good and you quit blaming God for what the devil's done or you've done. Now, that word effectual there is the word intergase. It means to be active. Everybody say active. This is not a passive word. It is an active word. It is where we get the word um, energetic. The, the derivative of energetic is from that he, uh, Greek word energase. Hebrews 4 gives us another clue in this. For the word of God is quick. That means alive. Everybody say alive. The word of God is alive and, nope, there's another word before sharp. The word of God is, is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than, and I'm not going to quote the rest of it because that's not where I need to go. The word of God is, well, yes, I do. The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of the soul and the spirit and the bone and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, if you want your heart to be able to see, the word's got to get in it. Because if you don't have the word in your heart, you have no revelation. That the eyes of your heart may be revealed to them the, what the word's saying. Enlightened. The word of God is quick. I'm going to use the old King James because that's what most people have in their head. And powerful. That word powerful there is the same word used as effective in Philemon 6. It's energase. The word of God is alive and active, energetic, has ability to it that when it is used, it will reproduce itself. If it's not used, it'll lay in a dormant seed. But once that seed finds a soil to get planted in, it'll grow and produce 30, 60, and 100 fold in your life. And I'm not just talking about money. That's talking about what the word will do in your life because it'll re replicate itself many times over. Wow. See, what are you expecting? So, operate from your eternal position. Declaration. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Uh, Ephesians 2.6 says, uh, you've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. I want to read this out of the message translation. God raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we are ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. God, I wish that was on the screen because that is so good. That's message translation. He us up with Christ, the exalted one, and he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. Boy, I'm going to make a statement here, and it may take pastor the rest of the year to, to, to straighten this out, but if you've been raised with Christ, the exalted one, what does that make you? Oh, I'm blowing mine now, ain't I? Poor English. What is he called? What did he say he was? 
He's called what? Are you raised with him? Then as far as God's concerned, you're exalted. <laughs> we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-created as one with Christ, the exalted one. What are you expecting? You're expecting doom and gloom and all that? Guess what? You're out of, you're out of your seat. And if you're out of that seat, you're also out of your mind. Because who doesn't want to sit with Christ in heavenly places? Far above, Ephesians 1 says, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named in this age and in that which is to come. And he's placed all of that in the next verse in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Dear God, that's who we are. What are you expecting? Because anything less than that is lower than your position. And here's how most Christians work. Oh, dear God, please help us. Oh, Jesus, please, we got to help you. Don't help us. We're not going to make it. And I'm not saying there's not time frames of petition to God, but I'm going to tell you where your most effective prayer is, is when you start praying with God. When you start praying from your seat, because then you're no longer praying, then you know the will of the Father. And when you know the will of the Father, you declare it to be so. You're working with him not asking him to help you. Oh, you've got to have his help. That, that should be a given. We should have outgrown this, this false humility thing. We should be past that by now. Dear God, I can't heal in that. And I can take cancer or drop the root when I lay hands on it from my heavenly seat. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, dear God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, so operate from your heavenly seat. Laugh at the devil. Psalms 37. I'm going to give you this one real quick. Psalms 37, 12 and 13 says, The wicked plots against the just. He gnashes at him with his teeth. Next part of the verse says, The Lord laughs at him. Somebody laugh. I don't feel like laughing. That's your problem. You live by your feelings. This kind of laughter has nothing to do with your flesh has nothing to do with something being funny. It has everything to do with knowing your position. The Lord laughs at him. Where are you seated? You're seated with Christ above in heavenly places. Far above. Everybody say far above. Far above. Far above all. All principality, power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named in this age and world and that which is to come. Wow. Far above. I'm seated far above, Pastor John. Far above. Pastor Jeff, I'm seated far above. Far above. That's why I can laugh. Because I see his end, I see I see what's coming for him. For he sees that his day is coming. Lord laughs at him. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. I like you. I don't even know you. I like you. You're a good guy. Woo! You're Nathaniel. A man in whom is no guile. Huh. Woo. Boy, heart, boy, when I put my hand on your shoulder. I heard the Spirit of God just say this, and I'm not. I'm going to say it, I guess, just from word of knowledge perspective. I heard riches. Riches. How many of y'all like that word? 
Everybody's saying, come put your hand on my shoulder and say that. Well, if that hits your spirit, grab it because it's part of the word. You can grab it whether I say it to you directly or not. I heard Richard, yeah, but, but, it, but he's not wanting me to emphasize the material side of it. That you will experience without a doubt. But he said the riches that he's more interested in you discovering are the riches in his, in his presence, the riches of his, of his covenant blood-bought word, the riches of his design for your life. And if you'll discover those riches, the other ones will come. And if you'll stay in pursuit of his presence, ministry will become a flow of your life that's as natural as breathing and it will be as enjoyable as eating. Glory to God. That's never get anybody bored like that. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, this lady right here. The Lord wants you to, yeah, you. Yeah, you. <laughs> he, he said, go to the back row, so I'm going to the back row. <laughs> he said, things in your life are about to shift and about to change. Some things that have been uh, long-enduring, that are not the, des the design of heaven are about to change. Uh, resistance from certain people that are close to your heart are going to begin to diminish. And all of a sudden, it's going to look like you got a brand new start. Now, I, I don't know what that means because I don't know you at all. Uh, hopefully, this is on target. It's on target. Uh, Shift, yeah, I'll tell you like this. He said to tell her, tell her to just shift a little bit her expectation. Because you've lived in a repression to some degree for so long that the expectancy's lost its edge. It's not that you've lost faith, and it's not that you've quit. It's just you've, oh, dear God, I get when it happens, it happens. He said, get that get that edge back on the expectation because when you get the edge back on the expectation, the shift's going to occur as soon as you do. Woo! Oh, glory, glory, glory. That's worth extra couple of minutes there. Uh, so, 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 so we operate from our eternal position. We're, we're seated with God so that we can laugh at our enemy because we see that his day has come. Because at that time frame, it was coming. Now it has come through the death, burial, and resurrection. And we can experience Proverbs 27, I mean Proverbs 17, 22. Um, 